1: Twenty minutes a day 365
0: days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome everyone to the pack a day podcast the only daily podcast for your green bay packers uh hold on wait that's <laughs> that's wrong that's wrong welcome into the pack a day podcast the only daily podcast for your nfc north champion green bay packers and Guys, that's still not wrong. That's still not right. Hold nope. on. Welcome into the Pack a Day podcast, the only daily podcast for your NFC North champion and current NFC number one seed, Green Bay Packers. I'm Dan Kotnick, and I'm joined today on this special Sunday edition of this fun little trio. Our fun little trio of Matt Fralick, and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are you doing? And Congratulations on the clinch. Happy clinch miss. It's
1: awesome. Winning the North, back to back years. Uh, Beautiful. And becoming. The way it should be. Becoming even more of a Jalen Hurts fan. So, uh, shout out for Very him much so. beating the Saints. Janelle, how are things with you?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to kind of calm down the adrenaline. But, you know, big day, like Dan said, with that huge mouthful opener. But, I mean. What what a day, you know, it started with the Vikings losing and it's like, okay hey, just one more step and then they go win and then cherry on top, the Saints lose and it's like everything for the first time felt perfect today. in in yeah. that overview, it wasn't, but in that overview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I literally had like a moment. I had a moment of I had many moments of doubt today because and we'll get into it because this game was like I, I kind of said unnecessarily stressful at times. Uh, considering the opponent, but I, I was sitting there. and I am like they they showed they showed like the cut in from the Eagles game, and I am like the Pack like how classic Packers would this be at this moment, where the Vikings do their job and lose, and now the Eagles are coming out here and doing the Lord's work and upsetting the New Orleans Saints who haven't lost since we beat them back in week yeah, three. They're on
2: like a nine game win streak or something.
0: Right. Like, um, and and we'll just, and we're just going to piss this chance away. But luckily the Packers, they didn't do that. Thankfully they, they turned it around 31, 24 winners over the Detroit lions. The Packers are 10 and three and are your NFC North champions in this weird COVID year. And currently sitting in the number one, seed of the nfc so guys the first question i want to ask you right off the bat do you want the bye week because there's so many different theories on bye weeks when it comes to the playoffs and then you throw in with the packers who notoriously in the last couple of years with their bye weeks have not come off of them great so do you prefer getting the bye week in this year where it's only one team, or do you are you more of the old school mentality of just keep playing through and, and no rust at all?
1: Normally, I would say like I hate coming off the bye week, and I think we talked about this on a previous episode uh, maybe a month or so ago, just talking about how the Packers have came off a bye with Matt LaFleur, haven't won a game yet off that, but I'm starting to think maybe the bye week's even better just because it's a little bit more coveted this year, being that there's seven teams in the playoffs, only the number one seed gets the bye, so I'm, but I think, I think at this point, like, just keep playing if you end up getting the bye accidentally, which is just, you're playing so well, like that's, that's fine. It I would much rather not have a bye week if necessary, but you know, it's a little bit more coveted this year, I guess.
2: But yeah, no, I'm usually super super superstitious with the whole bye week thing, especially because it's not just the LaFleur era, it's pre-LaFleur era that the bye week just hasn't been good to us, but you know, playoffs is a whole different part of the year, so I think it's a little bit different, and you know, with the way the year's been going, you kind of want that rest because players have been hurt and all that nonsense, so it's kind of like a give and take, like, you hope that they can come off it because you want that time to rest and kind of scheme and figure out what you're going to do. But you also, like, some guys don't like that break because it kind of slows down the roll of things and kind of can cool a hot team. So I really don't know where I stand with that. I guess that didn't really answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think just the way this year has been, I think the bye week would be really important just for health reasons. I think that would push me more leaning towards wanting the bye week
0: yeah especially with like the health like stuff you know just i don't know a bye week like gives you maybe like a chance to kind of reset everybody kind of lock down procedures you know keep everyone kind of in house we i guess we we don't know yet like what the playoff setup is going to be uh you know there's like rumblings of a bubble that gets thrown in for the playoffs so we don't know but yeah either way a a week off is going to be helpful to anybody uh, recovery wise. And this, but the, the thing with this team is like right now they're, they're pretty darn healthy at yeah. the moment. Knock on all of the wood, everybody out there, knock mm-hmm. on all of the wood, but they're pretty darn healthy, especially considering the injuries they were dealing with at the beginning of the year. Um, But so yeah, like one more extra week of recovery, just getting everybody back to hundred percent. It would be, would be a godsend. I think here's the thing. If your mentality is, you know, knocking the rust off or, you know, getting rusty, like championship teams shouldn't have to deal with that. You know, if you're a championship caliber team, the coming off a bye week shouldn't matter. So if you're going to prove that you're an you're a a champion and you get the bye, like prove that you're a championship level team. Um, Speaking of championship level stuff like this offense has to be talked about as championship level. I think that's really the biggest reason that the Packers are doing anything, uh, you know, truly fantastic this season. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are completely unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers' uh, MVP season is still in full swing. Um, But let's highlight some of the offense stuff from this week, guys. Um, Just looking at the numbers real quick, Aaron Rodgers finished 26-33. Two hundred ninety yards with three touchdowns, no picks and no sacks. Finished with one hundred and thirty three point six passer rating. And Devonte Adams led the way with um, six, or, you know, seven receptions for one hundred fifteen yards and that one long touchdown, the fifty six yarder on that first drive. Um, more milestones here, guys. Devonte Adams with the the eight straight games with a touchdown. Who's if you if we were gonna pick a like MVP of the team with this offense is Devante. Does Devante Adams have a real case over Aaron Rodgers at this point, or is Aaron Rodgers just at a different level?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, some of the stuff Devonte does and just added to his game in the last two, three years is just insane. Right. And we've kind of got accustomed to that with Aaron Rodgers, where he's elevated his game, right. It's been, been a few years since we've seen a new wrinkle in Aaron Rodgers repertoire is his bag as the kids say so it's like Devonte right now is just like flying off the screen whether it's he's getting the ball in space whether he's just doing a quick little break I mean whether it's a back shoulder and he just runs 50 yards like just it's just wild so I think we've just grown so accustomed to Aaron Rodgers that MVP for the team probably go to Devonte. but if you look at it from a large you know a little bit wider scope mm-hmm. it's probably Rodgers maybe a an outside shot for Elton Jenkins at this point, but um, we know guys in the trenches don't get a lot of love that often.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's – because, I mean, Devontae missed some time there earlier too, and you kind of Mm -hmm. forget that because his numbers are so good that it Mm -hmm. doesn't look like he missed any time. And, yeah, what he does out there is just – I'm thankful that the Packers don't have to go every week and play a guy like him because, oh, my gosh, it would be terrifying. Um, He's just – Everything he does, and it's just so, like, he makes it look so easy. These ridiculous, like, the connection is just unreal, but I think I still have to go with Aaron Rodgers just simply because he was still playing well without Devontae Adams there. I think that would kind of push me more towards Rodgers, and I mean, he's 37 years old and still running in touchdowns, so come on. you gotta You gotta give him a little leg up on that one.
0: And it, you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a stupid hypothetical, but I think like, you know, it just highlights like how, how huge of an impact Devante Adams has. And like Janelle, like, uh, you, or, oh, now I can't remember which one of you said it. I think it was Janelle. Janelle, you said like going up against a guy like this every single week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Just take the credit Janelle if, if you, if, whatever it is. So, you know, he's almost sort of like that Reggie White level. Like remember when Mike Holmgren was talking about, you know, the, in the interview of like. We don't want to go up against a guy like Reggie White, so the only way to do that is to have him play for us. And that's like what Devontae Adams is now. Devontae Adams, I think I think you can easily make the case he's the best wide receiver in the league right now. People want to talk about Tyreek Hill, but and I don't take I don't mean to take away from Tyreek Hill and what he does but like a lot of it is just based purely on speed and he's faster than a lot of other guys and that's how that's how he that's how he gets into those positions he still makes fantastic catches but you know devonte adams does everything he's the complete package i mean he definitely
2: always um, like guy a pair of ankles for sure but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah consistently consistently making guys pick up their jock straps after after plays like that, um, and heck, I mean, you could argue like that pass that Aaron Rodgers threw into the end zone. I think it was, it was on the second to last drive. The last, the I think when they kicked the field goal, where he threw the bomb to Devontae off the left side and it got knocked away. If Aaron Rodgers throws that ball like a second or two, even just a second earlier. Devontae had that guy beat by a mile. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he caught up is because he ran, you know, the end of the field came and Aaron threw the ball a little bit late and behind. Otherwise, Devontae completely torched his defender. I think his name was Ford um, up the side. Speaking of the wide receiving core as a group here, too, guys, we have to talk about the game MBS had.
2: Absolutely, Like
0: that guy, that was just an absolute, baller performance all the way around the only knock was that was that holding call but even then he he came back and he made up for it with blocking he caught every single ball thrown his way and then that touchdown catch might be one of the best catches that this offense has had all season long i'll throw it up there in like top three of touchdown catches for the packers this year mbs had a hell of a game
3: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply.
1: Yeah, he did. Really consistent from start to finish, too. Normally, we've grown accustomed to see, oh, shoot, he goes deep for a 60-yarder. Mm-hmm. It's you know, bobbled, overthrown, past interference. Then he gets into the play, maybe with a reception or two. Oh, then he has another drop. And it was really, he was focused from start to finish. Um, hopefully he'll build this confidence a little bit, but doing things that we aren't accustomed to seeing, catching contested passes, kind of mixing up his his route tree a little bit. Um you talked about the the holding penalty, Dan, on the edge. Like if your receiver's getting, you know, six cat six catches a touchdown, 80 yards like I'm I'm totally cool if they're getting physical in the run game and getting caught for a, a holding penalty at some point mm. if your receivers are actually getting physical and like making plays like that that's huge so and I think just just the fact I mean Matt LaFleur has talked about this enough, not like more than enough which I think probably could talk about even more just like the way that the selflessness between Lazard and um, MVS and Devonta Adams specifically, just how they're able to, you know, they're going to block for each other, whether, whether it's a smoke screen or a bubble screen, they're going to block for their running backs. And it's just that type of energy from the receiving core is just like, that's always where that's, you get that little extra kind of something to put you over the edge. If a guy's trying to get to the corner, um, but all in all great game from MVS top three touchdown count, I'd have to look back. I think top three, I'll, I'll give you top three. Cause it was a pretty damn good catch.
2: Yeah, it was just – it. I tweeted it, but it just makes my heart so happy considering what he's gone through this year to see him have a game like this because I've been pushing the MVS redemption season pretty hard, and I really wanted to make sure that I'm showing like, hey, no, if LaFleur and Rodgers have so much confidence in this guy, then our word means diddly squat because he's obviously showing something that we're not seeing, and then for him to come out and have 85 yards and a touchdown – and that phenomenal catch, like, I don't think there's a word that can really, um, like, say what that catch was, but it was just perfect, and he did bobble it a little bit, but he held on to it because it was contested, so um, just to see him go out there, and yeah, game by game, he's gonna gain his confidence, and it's not like he, like, it's receivers drop balls, things happen, not everyone's perfect, so I... He's, but he's somebody where it's, like, he could drop just a simple pass that would have meant nothing, and he will get attacked on social media for it. So I hope that this kind of shuts some people up and shows, hey, he's the real deal, and, like, there's a reason why Rodgers and LaFleur trust him so much. And it was just so fun. It was so fun, and, I mean, I I hope he just had like the best day because i'm so happy for him <laughs> i yeah i know i'm like very emotional over it but i <laughs> like I feel bad for him because of everything he's gone through and it's like yeah. every, and even when he's having a game like this it's like people are still waiting for him to screw up which is right. all messed up but
0: no i i agree i i deal with it in my own family they're all on the fire you know get rid of mvs train which i would also like to point out to them they don't listen i don't <laughs> think to every episode so They all wanted Devontae Adams. They were on the Devontae Adams train, you know, several years ago when everyone wanted to get rid of him because of drops. Like guys, if Aaron sees something in a receiver, it means something. Like you have to trust him. Like Aaron, Ted Thompson, Brian Gutekunst, they can make mistakes in bringing in talent. But if Aaron sees something in a guy, that means something there, you know? Um, and yeah, I totally I totally agree with what you were saying, Janelle. Like, I want like I want this so bad for him because I want people to I want people to see hopefully what Aaron Rodgers sees in him. Like we were just saying, it remind like the thing that uh, came to my mind was the movie Miracle. Janelle, I'm sure you're oh gosh, here we go. completely <laughs> well aware. You know, when they were when they were talking about and I I don't remember the I don't remember the name of the goalie, but the the starting goalie for the Yes, Greg. <laughs> um, I knew Janelle would know right at the top of her head. But you know, they were talking about you know they were him and hawing about bringing him on, and they said, you know, well he's never been really mentally right ever since you know his, his mom passed or whatever. And um and her Brooks said like, well, have you ever seen him when he's on his game? Yes, he's unstoppable. And that's what I feel like is with MBS. when he's on his game, he's a su- he is a surefire, solid number two wide receiver. And and can do everything you possibly ask for him or ask of him. You know, like he just needs to find that mental that mental space to be able to execute. Um,
2: yeah, and having a mentor like Devonte who has gone through that is going to help him so much too down the road,
0: for sure, for sure. Um, sticking with the wide receiving group, I know we we spent a lot of time on the offense, but that's the good stuff. Uh, and just kind of a simple point is Tavon Austin. Like I was kind of uh, I was interested. They scripted two plays for him in that fir- those first couple of drives, and he caught both the passes thrown his way for eight yards. But then I didn't see him after that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing him on the field. I, I I couldn't keep track of every time he was on the field, but those were the only two times the ball was thrown his way. So kind of an interesting setup to see Tavon Austin in the, in the scripted place and then didn't come back to it at all.
1: Yeah, After I, didn't, that. I didn't see him in the second half at all, Dan. Um, and both those plays looked like they were 100% for him, like you said, scripted right. plays. I mean, but to his credit, seamlessly taking over for Tyler Irvin. Uh, really, I mean, the, the floor is pretty low with Tyler Irvin, to be honest. He's consistent when he's out there. Um, so it wasn't high expectations to live to live up to by Tavon, but getting into that offense in his first, you know, game where he's actually active and running those little, I guess, swing patterns or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, controlled the ball, uh, was able to run with it, broke some extra, I mean, maybe I don't know, say broke a tackle, but he definitely um, stayed in bounds. You know, put his head down, try to get some contact initiated. So solid first half from him, but yeah, unfortunately, not in the second half at all. Um, it seemed even in the second half they tried to run the ball even more, and he really even wasn't a part of that. You would assume they would still run that that ghost motion or jet sweep and fake it or whatever else you think he'd be a part of that, but not sure what the reason was for that. Um, and I think did he maybe have the one punt return where he maybe should have fair caught it, didn't? That was the right. only time <laughs> I saw him out there. Um,
0: quite quite the flex from yeah. Tavon Austin. because there's no chance anyone else would have – not fair caught that ball.
1: No, it was one of those things where it's like he, the guy ran past him too, so he was like, whoa, yeah. like I, I guess I'm gonna still be able to do something. But yeah, that was that was a little bizarre. But um, it was nice to see Tavon. Honestly, kind of, I didn't really think he would get in on offense at all. But when I saw him out there two times, and maybe he got another snap or two, but definitely was targeted twice and had two receptions. Um, you would have hoped that he would have gotten more to the offense, but maybe that'll be um. You know, things to come as we get towards the playoffs, but um, nice to see him get in in the wrinkles of the Matt Lafleur offense.
2: Yeah, it was it was cool. Like I was really excited just when he was activated. I was like, oh man, here we go. You never know what's going to happen, and then really nothing happened. But I mean, that's because other guys are having big days. So you know, it takes away from wanting to target him when other guys are playing hot. And yeah, I think when you have somebody back there who you're like pretty confident in returning the punt. Which, it was also weird to see Jamal Williams on the kicker turn. I just need yep. to point that out. But, right? Yeah, so, like, that was a little bizarre to me. But, you know, they each only took one apiece back there. So, I don't know. I think that hopefully this is just, like, a little sample taste. And then we slowly start to add more Tavon Austin to the plate over time and really get to see what he can bring to this team.
0: Yeah. I, and if, and if, that's, if that's the case, like, if he comes in in the last – you know, three games of the season and then into the playoffs and becomes even a guy that, you know, catches, catches uh, like Robert Tunyon level stuff, like, like Tunyon um, finished with five catches, 36 yards and the touchdown. Like if he does that, if he contributes that this signing is completely worth it. And then, you know, just not, not messing up the special team side is, you know, the cherry on top of it. So Um that's what i'm hoping for the only so the only negative i saw from anything from the offense i would say is that second to last drive and the hit on aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. i think that's the only thing i could look at this offense and say like i was i'm worried about because you know he at least came back out for the sec the last drive um to put the game away but like he, did, how many times have we seen that face on Aaron Rodgers, and it like spelled doom oh over God. the last five six seasons? <laughs> yeah. Now. Like I had, had, had panic attacks.
2: It's like your soul leaves your body. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it's and a it's really a sobering moment to you guys. Like he he hung in the pocket probably maybe a half second a second longer than he should have there trying to get mm. that deep pass what he was doing and like thankfully it went out of bounds but it you I kind of sit there and you watch the replay and you're like damn that like it doesn't take much like maybe the guy gets an extra step off the line and he gets there even sooner and like I mean it could be just I mean just like anyone's career right we've seen injuries happen yeah. anytime like it could, it could just happen at the blink of an eye and like it's just like okay we we avoided that we have seen that face before this face doesn't look like it's overly wincing doesn't look like it's going to need you know any halftime uh, nourishment to come out and beat the bears but like <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where like holy shit like it doesn't take much for him to really actually hurt his hip or hurt his leg or whatever but um luckily when you watch the replay it looks like maybe he's got landed on a little bit it wasn't like his body weight got hung up under him and I mean so at it was
2: 300 but... pounds Kenny Clark landing on him like Matt Stafford <laughs> right. yeah. Like, yeah. It's
1: kind of scary like it's it's frightening
2: yeah but no yeah, yeah uh Anytime Rodgers is, like, touched, I get very nervous just because it's like, oh, my gosh. Because, like, we can admit he's a little bit older, so it's okay to kind of think of him as a little bit more fragile. And he has taken, he's taken kind of a beating throughout the year, you know, like with the offensive line moving. They're doing a really good job, but when somebody gets through, like, everybody wants to punish Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of their goal. Like, they want to sack him and punish him for being as good as he is at football. Um but, yeah, I was really glad to see, like, when he got up and he's still kind of making that face, I'm like, oh, man, like, I really don't want the like, you know, we're about to clinch the division and then Aaron Rodgers out here making squinty faces because he's in pain. But, you know, he came out, did his thing. And, like, he always says, like, he learned to play behind Brett Favre the Iron Man, so he knows how to handle that pain with dignity and go out there and do his job even if it hurts. But, yeah, I'm I'm glad that it didn't take him out of the game because even if they would have just precautionary taken him out, I would have been extremely nervous. And this podcast, I'm already pretty like shaky just from adrenaline, but (laughs) I think it would have been very different. Like my emotions would have just been so scattered because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like what is this team without Aaron Rodgers? It's just the, it's a horrible thought. So anytime he goes down, you just kind of hold your breath and hope that he gets back up. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like watching. I assume because I'm not I'm not a, a parent yet, but I assume it's like watching your child play like sports, where every time they go down or they take a hit or they wince, you like clutch your pearls and you're like you hope they're just they're they're okay. I just want them to be okay, you know. And like I, I feel like that the same the same reaction, Janelle, every single time he comes up like like wincing or hurt. I'm just like just get back up, just get back up, yeah. just please like please be okay and like thankfully i think i mean we'll see what happens but but if he comes if he came back out for the the drive after that i have to imagine that it's not anything too too bad just yet but we'll see how it how it kind of plays out the rest of the week here um but again like you guys are saying by week if you can clinch it would be huge with something like that um should we talk about the defense now? Or do we even want to talk about the defense at yeah, all? Yeah,
1: we got to hit them a little bit. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> okay, they had,
2: they had some moments, so. They
0: had moments. It's, I mean, especially in the first half, I feel like, because that's when I feel the pass rush was really working. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like, the that first drive from the, the Lions was not great for the, the Packers' defense. Like, there was no no slowing it down, no stopping it. You know, they pretty much did whatever they wanted. But really overall in that first half, I felt like that was the almost the better half for the defense because the pass rush was getting home and they got the stops that they needed to. In the second half, I think they were they were playing they were playing better individually, but as a as a whole, I feel like they played better in the first half. What do you guys think?
1: I feel like yeah, I feel like there's bigger plays maybe given up in the first half. The pressure was definitely significant. I think that was their best thing that in the first half. And the second half you didn't really see too much of that. Um, I think that's fair. I I felt better in the second half. Just like they weren't. They I think they made some key adjustments. It looks like Hawkinson kind of got slowed down a little bit. They're maybe manning them up a little bit different with the safety from time to time. And um, to be honest, overall they stifled the run, which I was. I mean, I was just,
0: yeah,
1: literally just. I'm looking at the stat sheet. It's just incredible that they did that. Especially like Adrian Peterson. You think he would get a couple carries in there, but I think it kind of goes back to uh, Matt Patricia is unemployed. Daryl Bevel really a big fan of throwing the ball around. Um, So that's kind of what it came down to. But just ask Marshawn Lynch, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So it it was. You know, I would like to see a turnover. That didn't happen, but. Guys flying around, making plays. Definitely got sloppy there in the second half. A lot of penalties. Um, that That's unfortunate. But overall, nothing too concerning. Uh, Kristen he's still a liability in coverage. He's just basically swapped roles with Preston Smith, who's worse in pass coverage um, at this point. But uh, did I, I want to pose this question. And Janelle can af- obviously answer Dan's about the first and the second half comparison. But did we see Rayshon Gary at all in like the fourth quarter? I don't remember seeing him on the field at all
2: him and Tavon Austin must have just like went to get a snack or something together because they just kind of disappeared <laughs> I don't know
1: they're just gone
2: yeah it it's weird like when a guy is playing so well and then he just disappears and it kind of happened with Aaron Jones in the first half too you know it's mm-hmm. like where are these guys so it was really it seemed like sporadic the guys who were playing really well there wasn't really consistency in their role
0: yeah, I I agree. I don't because I, I don't know because I I saw the on Twitter like people talking like is he hurt, is he dealing with something you know because you're you're right like it was Rashawn Gary was playing so well in that first half like enough that you know my parents or my my dad who absolutely hates him was you know actually addressing it and saying like oh this guy's actually playing pretty good this week. Uh, um, he got
2: Dan's dad seal of approval.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the stamp, uh, the all important, uh, every, everyone on the team. Is hey, this, this <laughs> is, a, this is a
1: dad podcast team. Right? <laughs> do forget. It this, is. Is. At, this is a dad at, at podcast core, team.
0: At its core. It's a solid dad podcast. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like he was, he was having such a great game and then yet yeah, we just didn't see him. And I have to imagine like, it has to be something with, with injury or dealing with, with something like that because, we we saw the pass rush start to fall off and it would kind of coincided with not seeing Rashawn Gary. And I just can't imagine that they were doing anything that different to stop him, that he wasn't showing up like, you know, on the, on the scorecard that he, that it was, he wasn't in there. Um, mm-hmm. And with Christian Kirksey too, Matt. Yeah. What like, wasn't it said earlier, like with Raven green out, Christian Kirksey was was being like almost bumped into the nickel position, and I saw that, and I'm like, why? Christian Kirksey doesn't cover. Like that's the one of the worst things about him is his coverage. Like why were they putting him in coverage so much? You know, it oh, yeah. baffled me. Couldn't doesn't believe
1: make it. sense. He's no. he's a liability there. Like it's it's I would if I was any offensive coordinator, they're going to be going up against. Matt Rule, good offensive coordinator. No idea who the Titans are, but they can run the ball and throw the ball. Uh, obviously, Matt Nagy. Like at this point, throughout this rest of the year, I'd be just be targeting my running backs out of the backfield. And make Christian pick up a guy. Like that's yeah, it seems pretty easy to exploit. But yeah, I', I confusing. I guess I go, we go from one issue to another issue to another issue. Nothing's ever perfect with this defense.
0: Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands. Fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for watching football.
2: Yeah, but at least, um, you know, three sacks on the day is really good. Darnell Savage getting his first career, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. first career pack. So in three games, he has, what, three interceptions and a sack. So it's nice to see him showing up. And Dan, I think it was Dan who kind of said, like, it seems like there's individuals playing well, but as a whole, it's really messy looking. I think that's a lot of the problem, too, is there's no flow to it. And yeah, it was really weird. You know, the run game, it looked worse than it does on paper, but for them to get beat in the air as bad as they were, I mean, I know Matt Stafford doesn't get enough credit. I don't feel like, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback stuck with a pretty crummy team, but I don't know. It was just really disappointing seeing how burnt they were getting out there. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it looked like Kevin King was really struggling and, you know, um... Jair playing really well per usual you don't see his name a lot and there was a couple times where I don't remember what quarter it was but there was a drive where there was maybe two or three in a row that were almost picked off so there was a lot of almost interceptions where they were right there but not quite and I don't know I just feel like when it comes to the DBs I want to see more pressure like instead of letting them get to the first down marker and then let them catch it and then make the tackle. I wanna see them I wanna see them more on their guys. And I think that's what's really frustrating is okay, we stopped the run, that's one part of the game, but then you get burnt in the air because you're actually playing a, a better quarterback than Carson Wentz or Mitchell Trubisky. Like it's a different team, it's a different setup and I don't know. I was really worried about Adrian Peterson coming in, but because, you know, he just has done some damage to this team throughout his entire career and I think, to see – was it him that got involved in that flea flicker?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
2: which was bizarre to me. But, you know, Kenny Clark stepping up, shutting that down right away. And it's fun to see Kenny really start to eat people up. I mean, he's Mr. December, so this is his time (laughs) of the year to really have his fun with these quarterbacks. And, I don't know, it wasn't – it didn't feel like the worst defense. I mean, it started out feeling like it was going to be the worst defense because I did say I'm preparing for my headache. But, I mean (laughs) – realistically it wasn't horrible overall we've seen worse right <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah Are we for sure seen yeah we for sure seen worse i i think i think that the heart of it and i i hate i i don't mean to just keep ragging on the guy but i think a lot of it came down to it's a lot of the issues we saw today came down to scheme not putting the guys in the position to be successful you you mentioned Janelle there in that one drive where it like it was completely different guys were getting in front of passes and knocking them down they were playing man they were they were they were getting on guys and getting in their faces before they were you know finding finding spots in zones or finding holes to get open like that's that's how it was working you know but then you keep putting kevin king on on this you know in the zone and he and he's he's just sitting out there doing nothing. There was one play where Jair the Jair was sitting on the right side of the field and his and his man motioned into the into the formation and he just sits out there because he's sitting in zone. And like that right there eliminates one of your best defenders right there because you're not putting them in the position to be successful. The players themselves did a lot to hurt themselves with the penalties and just poor, poor angles, poor tackling, as we've seen before. You know, but there's something to be said about putting guys in the right position to make them be successful. One guy I want to highlight on the defense, though, is Kamal Martin, because uh, he didn't show up on the stat sheet much and he only had one tackle, but that blitz that he had oh where God. he forced the play from Stafford and just absolutely wrecked Matt Stafford with with a real nice hard legal hit that is a like that that's what you want to see out of Kamal Martin that quick speed to just fly in there like he's 5 yards off the line of scrimmage basically he's not showing blitz and then it still comes in there and makes the play like that that is that's the kind of play that we expect from Kamal Martin and we've seen it a couple times over the past couple of weeks and I I've I've started to really fall in love with the kid.
1: Yeah, I am too man and like I heard a lot about him just I mean I'm sure Janelle did too living in Minnesota um you know him being a gopher. like I heard a lot about this kid and like I didn't really ever see him fly off any highlights when I would watch um Big 10 football but when he's on the field he is he's kind of like Darnell Savage was last year where you would just see this blur and you're like who the hell was that? And, oh, it's 54 or 26. And, like, they're just so quick to the ball. Um, but Kamal can bring the wood. And, like, that's that's an awesome piece to have. He's not just a straight-line runner downhill. He can actually move a little bit. But he can definitely bring the thunder. It's just a matter of if they have someone next to him that can be, like, a little bit of that lightning in that defense. But um, I'm excited to see what Kamal could do Um when he stays healthy and continues to get his opportunities. Cause he's definitely an enforcer and another piece to that pet and defense.
2: Yeah. Dan, that, that play you were talking about, oh my gosh, it was like the Red Sea was parted perfectly for him. Mm-hmm. And he just like from 10 yards out, untouched, finds Stafford. And I was terrified before he even got to him. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just going to bury Stafford <laughs> into Ford field and we'll never hear from him again. And like, it's just, yeah, I, being that he was a gopher, I was <laughs> I was very skeptical just because of my hatred towards the gophers. I was like, oh, man, really? We drafted a gopher? Come on, now I have to cheer for this kid. And I am so thankful that he traded in that ugly maroon M for a, a nice green G because, oh, my gosh, I am so thankful to have him. And, yeah, I want to see him more consistent out there. And, yeah, like the injuries are a struggle. And I think he got caught on that covid list at one Mm -hmm. point, so Mm -hmm. that was a bummer. So as he starts to play more, like this kid, he's gonna do some damage and then people are gonna maybe draw to him, which opens up more opportunity for other guys. So I'm I'm really excited because when I talk to my friends here in Minnesota, like I don't watch the gophers that much and they kinda said like, you know, he, he he does his job. He's not like a superstar. But obviously what he's doing in the NFL proves that he has the potential to be that superstar. And I'm I'm really excited to see all the stuff that he can bring to this table because I was terrified on that run and I am watching from my comfortable chair and I was scared for my life watching him charge at Matt Stafford. So I want to see more of that. I want him to make me fear my life from my, my living room.
0: <laughs> like fearing your life vicariously through. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the last thing we need to touch on, and it sucks that we need to touch on this Do we again. we have to? I guess. I'm like, yeah, I think let's just let's rip the band off and get to it. What the hell is going on with special teams in Green Bay? I don't know. I honestly I don't mean,
1: know. Like you've gone through I, I mean the the, <laughs> the consistency is Mason Crosby, besides like one <laughs> half of a season a few years ago, right? Right. But like between punters, punt coverage, kick like just everything outside of Kicking field goals and extra points is just an absolute shit show. Like it's, and it's been so long, but through different coordinators, different punters, different returners. Like, I just don't understand what, what the issue is. And like, you turn the page from one guy to a new guy. And it's just like, change the hashtag and insert special teams coordinator, fire him. Like it's, (laughs) it's disgusting. Like, when do you figure it out? Like luckily Mason Crosby knows how to tackle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mason Crosby actually had, I think, let me look. He had as many tackles, like listed tackles as Rashawn Gary, uh, Shannon Sullivan, Vernon Scott, and Kamal Martin. And (laughs) actually had more tackles than Zadarius Smith and Kingsley Kiki. Mason Crosby did. But your kicker shouldn't
2: be out there making more tackles (laughs) than your linebackers. (laughs) 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 My gosh.
0: Exactly. No, it's, I'm with you, Matt. I don't know what the issue is. Like I've, I've said this before. I think we, I think I said it to you guys last year when we were having issues with special teams, special teams is like pornography. You can't really define exactly what it is, but I can point to you and tell you when I see bad special teams. Yeah.
2: And you've definitely used this analogy before.
0: I know. And I'm I love sure it. it. I, I, I think it's fantastic. And I, I'll, I'll use, I'll use it till the day I die. Um, but like that's what it is. I don't know how. I don't know how it's wrong, why it's wrong, or like why it's doing what it's doing. Maybe a car is a better, more family-friendly example. I don't know why the car is making the noise. I just know it's not supposed to make that noise, and it needs to be fixed. So somebody take care of it.
2: It's like the special teams check engine light is always on. We don't know why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it there really is. is. That okay that, that,
2: version of what Dan was saying
0: that blows that blows the pornography example out of the water. That's the the, the specialty. I just imagine like driving and like a little orange light of like a kick, like a punter, like popping up, like ah, damn it. Um, but the positive you can kind of, you guys kind of said before Mason Crosby, like I was I was so sure. I ha- I couldn't watch the kick. I had to have my fiance tell me if he made the kick because it was all just it was lining up to just be bad news bears all uh-huh. over again.
3: Uh-huh. You know,
0: they mentioned that he hasn't missed a field goal yet this year from the distance. And then there's the false start on Elton Jenkins of all people, you know? And I'm like, this is just the he Like he misses the, if he misses the kick, it gives, we assume at that point, chase Daniels, a short field to come out and, you know, tie this ball game up. And, I mean, just absolutely drilled it. And to do it in Detroit for him again, like, I think that made it even more special, like to just exercise some of those demons again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah.
2: But- we, are, we are very, very lucky to have Mason Crosby, especially I watched Dan Bailey all day.
3: Oh,
2: so gosh. <laughs> we, we need to really appreciate Mason, Mason Crosby. And like, it makes me like the grayer he gets, the sadder I get. It's like, okay, the Silver Fox is leaving us someday, and I am not prepared for that. And yeah, he he's out there tackling and hitting 57 yarders, and it's just, it's unreal what he does. And I'm not a very good snap either.
0: No. So, yeah, it really wasn't.
2: So yeah, he he's Mr. Clutch out there, and every I feel like every week, I'm like, this sucked and this sucked and this sucked, but thank God we have Mason Crosby. And that's kind of the narrative that has been since he's been here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, it's like I saw I saw a game today where Mike Nugent kicked a field goal. So Mason Crosby, I think we still have a few more. Luckily, I think we have a few more years of him, hopefully. So we'll see. But, yeah, we need to appreciate the greatness while it's here, like Aaron Rodgers same with Mason Crosby. Um, so kind of getting near the end of this here, guys. 31-24, Packers went over the Lions, like we said. Take over the number one seed in the NFC. Clinch the NFC North, so a second playoff appearance for Matt LaFleur. Um, what is your, what's a big takeaway that you're taking out of this game as we move into next week's game and the rest of the year is there anything else in this game that we've missed that you want to touch on like what what else do we what else do we need to bring out of this game
1: i feel like everything's kind of coming to you know we talked about the beginning of this episode right going getting the first round by um Mm -hmm. and how important that can be or how crippling that can be i think what's most important is anytime you're getting towards the playoffs is the team is playing whether it be basketball or hockey or baseball or football, like as long as that team in the last, you know, 10% of the season, the last few games is really hitting their stride. That's what's most important. And this was the first game in the fourth quarter of the season. And it looked great. I mean, to be honest, like there's a few hiccups here and there, um, but it's not exactly where it needs to be, but there's still, you can still have those points of emphasis as we get into the playoffs here. So, um, special teams, obviously, they have a laundry list to go through. Defense, maybe making some more turnovers. Um, you know, figuring out why that pass rush was there in the first half, why it wasn't there in the second half, and then offense. Like I think the offense is just clicking on all cylinders. We've we've shown that we can do it with Aaron Jones. We've shown we can do it with Lazard. MVS Devontae. I mean, Robert Tanyan is becoming a legitimate top ten tight end in this league, which is insane. So I think they're just hitting their stride at the right time. Um, are they exactly where they need to be? No, but it's it's making me feel really, really happy the way this is going. Unfortun- you know, Fortunately or unfortunately, they have to go up against the Panthers, who are okay, a little bit decimated now with COVID. Um, but they've been playing definitely above average of what they should have been this year. And then they have that tough matchup still. Um, a couple days after Christmas versus the Titans, and that's going to be a huge kind of benchmark. You know, they obviously have the Bears at the end of the season, but that Titans game, I think, is going to be huge to kind of tell us where they are um, going into January and into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, you know, one not done, right? Like mm-hmm. this is exactly. just one one small little check mark on a very big scale picture so yeah it's it's great to win the division you know that's that's the first box you gotta check and then to also have the number one seed now you want to ride that out don't lose that so yeah I think we kind of touched on everything it's just yeah I I feel like the defense is kind of on a steady incline and I hope to see him continue because Panthers have a good run game and Teddy Bridgewater if he's in at quarterback he's a running quarterback so you know, like he's more mobile and younger and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I don't know, we haven't, I haven't watched much of the Panthers, but, you know, they're not a bad team. So, and every team comes in and they do their job. They're paid to play just like the rest of the the squad. So, you know, I never like to look at record and all that stuff. I just want them to continue to be on that incline. And yeah, this offense is just, I. it's really hard to think of something because even with all the injuries that they've acquired on the offensive line, it's like they've still made do with that, and they're still playing at a high level. And all these guys, like, you see get involved. Even EQ looked good today, even uh, even in his minimal uh, interaction with Rodgers. So mm-hmm. it's just there's so much good on the offense where it's like, yeah, the defense, if they need to slowly get better, it's not like you need them to step up right away, but you want them to just keep continuing to get better. Kind of like we're in the back half of the season now you can't fall back. You have to keep getting better and figure it out. And special teams, I don't know what they have to do on that. Just maybe, I don't maybe never play special teams, just (laughs) always go for it or something. I really don't know, but yeah, it's this game. It was, there was really ugly moments, but it was, it felt really good overall. And I really hope that this is just like ride the high, ride it throughout the rest of the regular season and got some tough matchups, but the, the Lions always give the Packers a run for their money. It doesn't matter how bad they are. They always make it a contested game. And I think I appreciate the Lions for that because they kind of help you grow in that way. It's like, yeah, the blowout games are fun, but games like this kind of show you what you what's working, what's not working, and you can use in the back half of the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how today went, aside from special teams, excluding Mason Crosby. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I'm uh I'm with you guys I think it's great to get the win it's great to lock up all of that uh postseason stuff like that's what this is all about that's what the whole journey is about um you've got I think three tests down the line that you can say offensively you should be able to handle your own business against all three of these teams defensively they should all three give your defense a a test in the areas that they've struggled in
1: mm-hmm.
0: to work out the issues. I mean, especially running game, you're going up against maybe three of the most, like the three of the top five running backs in the league, like currently at the moment in Mike Davis, Derek Henry and um, David Montgomery in Chicago. So you've got an opportunity here. Now that you've, now that you've locked this up, figure out your plan moving forward. You're still trying to, you're still trying to get the number one seed. It's not necessary though to win the Super Bowl to get the number one seed. So, you the next three weeks are about, like you said, figuring out how to keep this going and what you're going to do into the playoffs. That that's all the that's all the rest of these weeks are. I here's here's the thing. Let me ask you this question: If I if I told you right now that the Packers over the next three weeks will Lose two out of the three games and they'll still host a first round playoff game, but out of those losses, their defense is going to be measurably better. They're not going to be completely fixed. It's not going to be completely changed, but like if that defense is just demonstrably a little bit better, like it's noticeably better, would you take losing the two of the last three games knowing you're in the playoffs, meaning that your defense gets just a little bit, we, sh- we see an improvement out of the defense.
1: No. Cause I, I like, I, I don't want to go in limping in one and two, or oh, I guess it would be two into the last four. And like, I'm, I'm it, the text. Excuse me. The, the Titans game is very similar to the Colts game for me, because I knew mm. there was areas that both teams can exploit. They're very, they're built very similar. Um, so the Titans game, I am prepared for them. If they were to lose, I wouldn't be overly shocked. Do I want them to lose? No. Um, but they're kind of hitting their stride right now, too. But to go one and two versus those teams, I mean, you would have to lose to the Panthers or the Bears. The Bears would probably make the most sense since they are a division opponent. Um, I I just wouldn't feel very good about it. Granted, you probably wouldn't get the first round by, but just limping into the playoffs, is it, it would not make me feel good. Even if the defense is playing to the caliber that you're, you're getting to. Um, which would make me think then, Dan, that the offense is playing terrible. So i no, I'm I'm not okay with that.
2: Yeah, and I just don't like to lose. So <laughs> So I'm I'm also gonna say no, just because you know, you those wins kind of give you that high into the next week and the kind of the motivation that you need to go in week in and week out. So it would be nice to see the defense get better, but I would not sacrifice the wins to see them get better because like Matt said, that means maybe other things aren't working and all that stuff. Like if they lose and the defense is still playing well, I'll still be upset that we lost, but, (laughs) but it'll be nice to see things get better. Cause yeah, it, it could be a tough last three games. Just, you know, you got Panthers who have a good run game. Titans are just a really good team right now and then a divisional opponent. So it could be a really interesting last three weeks of regular season football, but yeah, I I'm not sacrificing those wins for really anything like it would have to be really, really good for me to want to give up a dub like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's why I love these hypothetical questions. Dude, like you this, have a so. different
2: argument, though, for it, Dan, like, do you have to be the devil's advocate? And
0: I mean, I guess I guess I will. I will kind of say, like, there's something to be said about, like, at this point of the season, I like I'm with you. I don't want to ever lose games. You know, like that absolutely sucks. But if I had if I had the promise of like now knowing going into the playoffs that this defense is going to be playing at a different level, I think there is I feel like there's something to be said for that. Um, You know, it's but again, like that's why it's it's a it's just one of these weird, stupid hypotheticals, because like. If they lose these, if they lose two out of three games and the defense, you know, still looks like crap in the playoffs, like, 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 what is, what does it matter? Like, what does it mean? You know? Um, But like, yeah, I I would take like, look, the defense improving a little bit because even if the offense dipped a little bit, it's still at such a high level that I think it's that it just makes this team a little bit more complete. But
2: more well-rounded.
0: Yeah, but again with you I'm a, I'm also a fan and I never want them to lose any games whatsoever. Um speaking of those games, the next one coming up is on Saturday night against the Panthers in Lambo. The next two games, the last yeah, two, two games. Two night
2: games in a row.
0: Yeah, two night game two night games in a row in Lambo. So that's going to be fun. Hopefully I want I want to see some snow like we're seeing in in Buffalo right now. I want that. Um, but that'll be the next game. So stick with us the rest of the week as we get you prepared for that. Um Andy is gonna be on tomorrow. Uh so Andy's a never miss kind of episode. So make sure you tune in then and the rest of the week as well. Uh make sure you're following us at Pack A Day Podcast on all of our social media. Subscribe, rate, review on all of our stuff. Tell your friends about us as we get into the last couple weeks of the season. Um, Guys, where can people find you on social media? And do you have anything uh, you want to let the people know about uh, that you got coming up?
1: For sure. Uh, Yeah, you can still find me on Twitter.